What you're about to hear is part four of a five-part investigative series about the destruction of an aloe vera plant that was knocked over at a New Year's Eve house party. I'd like to point out that you should listen to episodes one through three first, which are available on our website, partyfowlpodcast.com, SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. But hey, I'm not here to tell you how to live your life. To recap, we've now established two primary suspects in the destruction of the aloe vera plant. And despite multiple accusations against Trish and Minkin, evidence against both suspects proved inconclusive. However... As the investigation continued, a third suspect emerged. December 31st, 2017. A date which will live in infamy. We were talking to each other and we just remembered, like we were like, who was around at the time? We remember Kramer was around. Events. Oh my God. And he was in the vicinity of the aloe vera plant, you say? I remember him being there. The figures. I don't know. I don't remember him being around at all, but Minga says he was, but he is very clumsy as a person. The drama. Absolutely. I think he was actually on the other side of the table over there. Okay. So there was me, Trish, and then on the other side there was Kramer. The deep questions. I think we need to talk to Aaron Kramer. I think we need to talk to Aaron Kramer. Okay, we're going to talk to him. Party Fellow, Episode 4. At the end of our last episode, Minkin and Trish, our prime suspects, brought to my attention the existence of a third potential suspect in the case. Aaron Kramer, known simply as Kramer to most of those who know him, is the fiancé of Trish Gauthier, Minkin is slated to be best man at the wedding. He's a good friend of Ian and soon-to-be cousin-in-law of Sarah, the owners of the aloe vera plant. Before speaking to Kramer, I talked to two of his oldest friends, Nicholas Santillo, better known as Coy, and Simon Chernin. Here's what they had to say. Aaron Kramer. Uh, I share an identical birthday with him. We are the exact age. You're the exact same age? That's amazing. Aaron Kramer I've known for a long time. How long? Uh, actually, funny enough, uh, Aaron and I, because we went to camp together, Camp Tamaqua, I've actually known him longer than you two. How did I not know this? You guys have the same birthday? The exact same That's man. incredible. Dude, we have joint birthday parties every year. Were you guys born in the same hospital? Toronto General. Mount Sinai. Uh, because we reconnected in high school because, you know, he was friends with you. When, when, when did you first meet? Sorry, grade eight. No, no earlier. When you were eight years old. Yeah, we were like eight. Like, like we, so you've known Aaron Kramer since you were eight years old. Yes. Okay, so yeah, so he has the same birthday, so you trust him to the death, like you've known each other. As if he's my twin, yeah, of course. Would you say that he is a credible witness? Aaron Kramer is a very trustworthy individual. I cannot recall a time where he's told a falsehood to me, nor do I know if I'm telling falsehoods to others, aside from perhaps, and I'm guilty of this too, a white lie every so long. But 
not everyone at the party shared this rosy view of Mr. Kramer held by his oldest and most loyal friends. Wow. Um, what about Aaron Kramer? He's just a hateful person. Swats at everything. What does that mean? Knocked over my Christmas tree. Just because he said he didn't like me. On purpose. On purpose. Oh, wow. And in reviewing my earlier interviews, I realized that others had insinuated that Kramer was responsible. But I think the culprit is the newlyweds. I mean, the newly uh, engaged. The newly engaged. I think it was a... No, I don't think it was Trish. How could I have missed this before? The newly engaged couple, but not Trish? A simple process of elimination leaves only Aaron Kramer. Finally, I located Aaron Kramer in a back room of the party, about as far from the scene of the crime as you can get without going outside. Despite being named as a potential suspect in the case, Kramer was surprisingly forthright when I asked to speak to him. So, um, Aaron, we need to ask you a few questions about the aloe vera plant. Yeah, okay. Uh, what can you tell us about the aloe vera plant? Where were you when it was broken? Um, what role might you have played? Sure. So, um, I was standing uh, between the fridge and the sink in the kitchen area. I was pretty close proximity to it. Okay. Now... I don't really know what happened when the whole thing went down, but one thing I said to Sarah and that I stand by is I, I take full responsibility for the breakage of that plant. And oh, you take you take full responsibility? Oh my god! This is this is I, I just want to say this is this is big because this is like the second this is the second confession that we've had. Confessed? You confessed. You said you said you were you said you did it. Not on tape. Well, Hornets, I want to be clear about this because all I'm saying is I was in the vicinity, the plant broke, and I I look around, I look at all the people there, and I I want to take responsibility for that. I want to replace the plant and I wanna work with the Harrises and the Mortons to make this uh, whole. And uh, we're gonna do that. Wait. But so so you take full responsibility for this. One hundred percent, Chris. Wow, wow. So you knocked it over. Is what you're saying? Look, I don't have complete recollection of the time. I was in the close proximity, and I take full prox- full uh, responsibility. This shocking confession upended the whole investigation. Could it be that we had cracked the case? It appeared that it was neither Trish nor Minkin, but rather Kramer who destroyed the aloe vera plant. The Kramer theory made even more sense when considered in light of the substantial evidence of prior Kramer-related accidents and his reputation as a notoriously clumsy individual. We've, we've heard people describe Aaron as being, like, clumsy. Um, is that, like, do you agree with that? 100%. 100%. Your, your wife-to-be testified earlier that you are quite clumsy. Kramer is clumsy as fuck. Is that, which, is that, is that a true statement? Would you agree with that? I didn't blame him. That's, I cannot deny that. <laughs> One time he broke a whole thing of olive oil, brand new from Costco, on our kitchen floor. Oh my god. Yeah, yeah, that's probably true, but at the same time, I probably broke it. It's probably me. Like, that's the All right, well, that... that... I almost knocked this, this uh, picture over right now. <laughs> However, some remained unconvinced that we had heard the whole story. 
I spoke to several people who had other theories as to why Kramer confessed. I'm only going to ask you this for the record because I know that you were here in the room when Aaron Kramer just fully confessed and took 100% responsibility. Does that change anything about your belief that it was mud? I think Kramer is covering for his wife-to-be. I think he thinks she did it. But why wouldn't why wouldn't he just say it was Mun instead of saying it was him? Because not everyone has the Mun details of the evening that I have. I had to admit that Lauren Edwards' theory that Kramer had falsely confessed to the crime in a noble act to protect Trish, his fiance, made some sense. Those that I spoke to familiar with their relationship confirmed that Kramer would do anything for his wife to be. Would he take a bullet for Trish? Would he? Yeah, because yeah, he's a man. An honorable gentleman covering for his fiance. A stunning confession from an unsuspected party. However, if the Kramer confession was intended to protect his fiance, Trish decidedly felt she was not in need of her future husband's protection. Shortly after Kramer confessed to the crime, Trish approached me with her own theory as to why Kramer would take responsibility for an aloe vera plant he did not break. So my fiance, Aaron Kramer, likes to get attention when he's shrinking. And I feel like because he can get attention by saying that he knocked over the planter in the plant, he wants to say that he did it and that he was the one responsible. But that that's not the case. I think he's lying. I don't think it's to protect me. I think it's just because he wants attention and because he likes to be noticed when he's drinking. Listen, Kramer didn't do it, but he tried to admit to it and then told me later, oh, I admitted to it because I thought you did it. But and you I was standing there no, at the same time. I know, but I didn't do it. You know who else was there? Minkin. You know it wasn't Aaron. I know. He's, he's lying because he wants attention. I didn't say it was me. I just... Kramer's reaction when confronted with the various theories surrounding the veracity of his confession did not give me confidence that we had cracked the case. I, I look. No, you I, did say it was you. I said I take full no, no, responsibility. Fact, you, said, you said that 100% it was you. I said I take 100% responsibility. So, so, but now you're saying you didn't say it was you. Well, regardless of what. Are I, you walking back your confession? I'd replay that and hear what it says. Cause I don't even think. Let's do that. that. Let's do that. I, I take full responsibility yeah. for the breakage of that plant. I, I want to take responsibility for that. I want to replace the plant. But so so you take full responsibility for this? 100%. I was in the close proximity, and I take full, prox- full uh, responsibility. Perhaps the infamous Kramer confession was not all that it seemed. Despite admitting to being in close proximity and taking full responsibility for the destruction of the aloe vera plant, he curiously refused to admit that he had actually knocked the plant over. I decided to confront Kramer over this glaring inconsistency. We're here with Aaron Kramer. Are you willing now to admit that your earlier confession to the crime of breaking the aloe vera plant was a false confession? I never confessed to doing the damage. I just agreed to take responsibility for the replacement. And it was a bit coerced, I'm not going to lie. There's perjury. And, um, you know, the, the whole case is in doubt, really. And so you, so you recant, you recant the confession. I recant. 
With Kramer recanting his confession and no conclusive evidence against any of the other prime suspects, the investigation was in shambles. On the next episode of Party Foul, I knew I would have to get creative and look at alternative theories to explain the unexplained. It might have been a ghost. All that and more as we attempt to tie up loose ends and find the truth in the thrilling conclusion of Party Foul. Will we reveal the responsible party, or will we simply throw up our hands and say it's up to you like pretty much every other true crime podcast? You'll have to tune in to find out. Partyfell is created, produced, edited, mixed, arranged, and composed by me, Chris Horkins, our webmaster, digital editor, and still the prime suspect in the case is Alex Minkin. He did a lot of the editing on this particular episode, so thanks for that. Special sound editing assistance was provided by Richard Dickie Sticks Piazetsky. Our logo is designed by Anton Strasberg. The theme music is Night Owl by Broke for Free. Special thanks this episode to Alex Minkin, Trish Gauthier, Hwaban Shang, Koisan Tillo III, the apologist Simon Chernin, Ryan Lee Kennedy, Versa Kyle Purvis, Aaron Kramer, Alyssa Allen, and Lauren Edwards, all of whose voices were featured on this penultimate episode of the podcast. Party Foul is made possible in part by the refreshing taste of Creamore Springs Premium Lager. You join that Creamore Springs? That's a great classic so, microbrewery. So, Simon, you know we're interviewing yeah, people about the uh, aloe vera plant?